Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Sexual predators and comprehensive sex education both break down inhibitions. That's what they start with. They also gain trust with the child and then slowly start to get them towards sexual activity. Anything goes. You are teaching uh, children adult child sex. You're teaching transgender issues. And, you know, children are moldable and influenced by that. They said, okay, now we need you and your team to be able to explain what homosexuality is to a four-year-old student. To introduce this kind of material at that age, frankly, it's child abuse. You're going to teach our children that it's okay for any two children of any age, of any sex, to have sexual intercourse with each other as long as two components are present, one's using a condom and they both give consent. Did I hear that correctly? It's not a neutral venue. There's no such thing, okay? The schools are doing your job. They are discipling your children, but they're not discipling them in the faith of Jesus Christ. It's only the exceptional child that even survives that system. Most do not survive. Most have not survived. They believe that children are sexual from birth and that they deserve and have the right to be sexually active and to seek sexual pleasure. And if anyone is stopping them from that, then you are judging and oppressing them. Even kindergarten now, they're wanting to teach them more and more perverse information and acts and put that into the children's minds. And once those the, that poison is in a child's mind, doesn't leave. They'll always remember what they learned and it's by design it's orchestrated in my humble opinion it will be worse before it gets better good morning family in christ the remnant of truth proclaimers and defenders unashamed of the gospel and trying to be the salt and light that we are called to be in a corrupt dark perverse culture and country and world um as you heard from some of those clips, we wanted to get your attention because we've talked about this issue for years and years and years, and I've written about it. I know many of our guests are experts in this field, and yet Christian parents continue to say, well, it's not as bad in my little town, in my son or daughter's school. Well, I'm bringing on some another expert guest and guests, Mark and Amber Archer, today to open up your eyes even more and hopefully encourage you to get your children out of the fire, the burning building. Um, they are a husband and wife filmmaking team, founders of Fearless Features. It's a filmmaking ministry. The Archers have over 30 years of combined production experience. They're, they are on a mission to share the hope of Jesus Christ around the world through films, documentaries, podcasting, books, and they say the Lord has uniquely equipped and called us to share the redeeming power of Christ together with the gifts and talents he's given us as storytellers. And their goal is to educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved in their local communities to defend their families and biblical values. How many times have you heard one of our guests on Stand Up For The Truth say, we've got to get back to the local level and impact that we used to have 50, 75 years ago. We've surrendered it, and now we're paying the price. So their new project is called The Mind Polluters. Be careful, little eyes. So I want to bring Mark and Amber Archer on now. Welcome, guys, to Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. I, I, I am just blessed by this project as, as hard as it must have been to research this. I know you guys spent over a year researching, interviewing experts, going into reading some of these books. I heard, Mark, you even read the Humanist Manifesto, man. I only quote that thing and refer to it. You read it. So first of all, Mark and Amber, tell our audience, since this is the first time we're having you on the podcast, when you founded Fearless Features and a little bit about each one of your backgrounds, please. 
Yeah. So we founded Fearless Features in 2017. We were doing a lot of uh, corporate work and we just really felt the Lord stirring our hearts and, and really calling us into this direction, if you will. And Mark has several years of experience, say decades. Decades. <laughs> and, you know, and when we got together and married, I've always worked with him. We've always shared an office. And so we founded our filmmaking ministry is in 2017, and we're a 501c3 nonprofit. And we're just creating movies about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. Mm. Hey, hold on right there real quick, you guys. Um, Thank you for sharing that, Amber. Mark, you're next. But with, there's a little, it sounds like there's a little short uh, in the connection. I don't know if you're moving or if there's a cord that's that's not really in uh, tightly, but it sounds like there's a little short. Um, you know what I mean, uh, a short in a cord or something. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what it sounded like. I'm not sure if you guys heard that. You probably can didn't. You, yeah, can you hear us now? Is it okay? Yeah, when, when you're talking, it uh, maybe it's distorting or something. We can understand you. There's just a distracting noise. So, Mark, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about your background? All right. So, um, Amber and I came from very different upbringings. Um, Amber grew up in a, a non-Christian home <clears throat> and uh, didn't come to faith in Christ until uh, after she and I had met. Uh, I grew up completely the opposite. I grew up at a good uh, church. Actually, I went, grew up going to the church that Dr. David Jeremiah had founded and went to a Christian school pre-K through 12 and good Christian home, uh, parents who loved me, and, and uh, basically I knew all the right answers. And, and I come to Christ fairly young, uh, so I, I was one of those kids who, you know, grew up as a believer and uh and i understood it and i but i i got very um lax i think because i i was surrounded with it basically every day of my life christian school mm -hmm. you know wednesday night church sunday morning church sunday night church so i knew the right answers but it didn't really mean as much to me because it's just what i had always known and when i when i got out of school and um, got out into the workplace. <clears throat> I did. I, I want to, I would say that I fell off the wagon, but it wasn't that I leapt off the wagon <laughs> and I just kind of went my own way. And I basically became the prodigal and, and part of it had to do with what I was pursuing as a career, which was filmmaking. And so when you grow up in a place like Indiana, um, there's not a lot of, uh, way to get yourself exposed to things like that. So I was desperately searching for anyone that I could find who was in film. And so eventually you find those people and, and I don't want to throw everybody that works in film and television under the bus because that's not, it wouldn't be accurate. There are a lot of really good people, uh, just like any other industry, but there definitely is a liberal slant, <laughs> a very, a very uh, worldly slant to uh, people who work and, uh, and have a lot of success in the film industry. And so as I clawed my way up in building my career as a producer and a director, and I was, I was still very young, I was in my early 20s, and I found uh, great success very quickly by the world standards and produced my first feature-length film, and won the Sundance Film Festival in 1997 and then sold the film to Sony Pictures. And suddenly, at the age of 23, I had the world at my at my doorstep. And, you know, you, you just are not prepared for that. Mm. I don't care who you are. You're just not prepared for that. And so I, I like to say I got really good at making very bad decisions. Mm. And... Uh, and I was I was interested in Mark. I was interested in, in Mark and Mark's career and what Mark could get. And so I just lived that lifestyle. And um, uh, it it eventually caught up with me and really came crashing down uh, right about right before Amber and I met. And it actually was part of what led to she and I meeting was this this. De debauchery lifestyle that I was le that I was living, so 
I had had, um, over the years, I've done everything from theatrical films to music videos to documentaries to, you know, you name it. So, uh, so the, the Lord was, was being very patient with me, but I was really floundering, mm. uh, in my career. Well, thank you for opening up a little bit about your background, and uh, we all have a different journey as far as what we go through, what we are pursuing in life, and how God still reaches out and grabs us. He calls us and chooses us to go and bear fruit that will last, but first he's got to save us. So uh, praise God, you guys, um, for what you're doing now. I'm very thankful. Again, if you just tuned in, we're speaking with Mark and Amber Archer, they're founders of Fearless Features. It is a filmmaking ministry, and the project we're talking about today is called The Mind Polluters. Their website is fearlessfeatures.org. So Lieutenant Colonel Alan West saw The Mind Polluters, and he said this, The movement to empower parents and protect children is growing, as can be seen by the attention around the movie The Mind Polluters. We must reassert educational freedom and parental choice in America. This is the new civil rights battlefield. And from a uh, military man, former military man, that's saying a lot. That was Alan West. I love that man. Uh, I wish he would have been president in 2008. But anyway, let's not go there. We're t- let, let me just share an article on your website called The Mind Polluters Exposes Schools Sexualizing Kids. And Mark and Amber, I'm just going to read a little bit from this and then um, get your response. I think, Mark, you wrote this. Um, it says, uh, what's being talked about what's being taught in kids' schools, sexually explicit, explicit materials so heinous that they are illegal everywhere except in the classroom. Um, you know what? Let's stop right there. And I want to get your response to that. Why don't, Amber, why don't you um, talk about this? Because later on in that article, it talks about things that are put into the curriculum and also things that are placed in government school libraries that if a, a stranger would approach a young child on the street, he, would, he or she would be arrested for doing so. Amber, share your thoughts about that. Yeah, so in the Mind Polluters, we document about um, the obscenity exemptions, which is state law in 43 states. And obscenity exemptions, it just means that schools and public libraries are exempt from uh, prosecution for disseminating matter that is harmful to materials. And we're talking about obscenity. So your pornography, obscene materials, that's all allowed under this exemption in 43 states, um, all under the guise of education. And so a lot of the comprehensive sex ed that you see today um, is allowed because of these exemptions. And so many of our kids' reading materials in their schools, in their school libraries, are now so obscene and vulgar that it's allowed. Mm-hmm. And I would add, I would add to that that when when you tell people first about the obscenity exemptions and you give them just that, and there's this disbelief. A lot of people, even though you you show them, they still don't really believe it. And a lot of times, it helps if you know the context that this goes all the way back to post Kinsey. So mm. I'm sure we'll talk about Alfred Kinsey here yes. in a second. But yes. Alfred Kinsey wrote two books in 1948 and 1953 called Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female, and that really was the catalyst of the sexual revolution. In 1955, the American Law Institute decided to revise the what they call the Model Penal Code, and the Model Penal Code is basically the boilerplate. If you, you know, if you go state to state, there are variations in state laws, but overall, state to state, the the definitions of murder and theft and you know all these and, and uh, these things all are very similar, and that's because uh, of things like the Model Penal Code, which was come up with uh, by the American Law Institute, and they went around starting in 1955 and went state to state and got this uh, model penal code put into place in all of the states. 
And what it did was it significantly reduced and or eliminated penalties for a lot of things that used to be illegal. So things like sodomy and bestiality and uh, abortion and and obscenity. And so what it did was it it carved out this exception for obscene materials in an educational setting. And, And the way they sold it was was listen if you if you've got med school students you know they need to be able to say and discuss and you know uh know what these things are if you're going to train them properly and scientifically so you can't be locking up professors for discussing body parts right explicit body parts so that made sense to a lot of lawmakers so they said well sure we'll do that well the problem is that it left the 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 gate wide open for all educational facilities. And so that's what we have now is that it's being exploited. And we know this is true because in the film, uh, one of the states that we cover, uh, their efforts to repeal these obscenity exemptions is Nebraska. And while we were in Nebraska, one of the uh, original state senators who helped pass Nebraska's obscenity exemption law Hmm. came in. He was one of the first ones to testify, and he said, point blank, this is not what it was intended for. He said, when we passed this, it was to cover higher education scenarios, art schools, things like that. This was never intended for for our children, our young children. So... That's where it all comes from. Wow. Thank you for that background, you guys. Um, most churches won't touch this uh, because of the, it's just, I mean, it's just hard for them to address, which um, it's sad in and of itself. But um, the, it's interesting, you mentioned uh, the history and how the, this is under the guise, in a way, of artistic freedom and, and free speech and expression, right? And you also mentioned in the article it says in, uh, I believe it's Texas, if or maybe Indiana, if you want to teach this, you put it under anti-bullying, and you don't have to share it with parents. So now a new thing comes into play here. You're not only talking about the the you're exempt, but now you've got to teach this under bullying, and you can say practically whatever you want. And by law, schools only have to inform parents about curriculum. Please expound a little bit on that. Yeah, so Carol Ayala, who's a, a former teacher whistleblower from um, t- from Texas, in the film she talks about how um, oh, I lost my train of thought. She's talking about in Texas, uh, particularly, but you find it's really across oh, yeah, the, the board. Oh, the anti-bullying. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is nationwide, yeah. by the way. This is nationwide. The it, it LGBTQ really is. has pushed this anti-bullying campaign, and that basically uh, it affects Christian students more than anyone else and protects anything and everything they would say sexually, provocatively, even perversely about their agenda and their, core, uh, of course, uh, free speech in the LGBTQ. Uh, Amber, go ahead. Yeah. So so what she was talking about is um, because she was she was a teacher in the school district. So they don't have to inform the parents about supplemental materials that they share with the kids. And that's where a lot of the teachers uh, get the freedom to bring these things in uh, under the guise, especially the LGBTQ um, agenda is under this guise of anti-bullying and so and she was trying to sound the alarm and warn parents about it and it was in direct conflict with her administration and so uh, she resigned her position in teaching to found her nonprofit organization um, Concerned Parents of Texas. Yep, Concerned mm. Parents of Texas. This is one of the ways that they play word games with you. So you, you hear from from parents sometimes that will say well I checked with my school and they said that's not in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. It's not in the, quote, <laughs> curriculum. Right. That doesn't mean it's not being taught in their classrooms. Exactly. It just means it's not part of curriculum. It's supplemental materials, and they're not going to tell you about that because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Right. I was also reading, I don't remember where I read this, um, that it's one of the many sites that I check out, and whether they're education-related or not, just cr- conservative news sites said uh, a teacher was fired. Maybe you guys, I saw it in some of your materials. A teacher was fired for exposing the curriculum, I think from a middle school, 
And it's like, well, you're not supposed to do that. You're making us look bad. You're making the school look bad. Well, wait a minute. Why did you fire the teacher for basically just sharing what you're teaching young children? It is absolutely astounding. And, and guys, before I let you uh, uh, answer or respond to that, we've got a lot more to come, and we've got to take a break, uh, unfortunately. But we'll also talk about where you've been recently. Uh, our, one of our friends, Heidi St. John, has had you on. She's definitely a good example of getting off the bench and into the game. Uh, homeschooling mom and now running for Congress in Washington. And uh, you're also on uh, the radio in Canada on a podcast with Liberty Coalition Canada. But we were with Mark and Amber Archer and uh, Fearless Features. More next on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guests, Mark and Amber Archer of Fearless Features, and the project we're talking about today is the Mind Polluters, and I just want to quote from an article on the website, and the article is called The Mind Polluters Exposes Schools Sexualizing Kids. Guys, come on now. Don't turn the radio off or don't turn the podcast off or, or stop the download. Don't do anything like that because you've heard this before. There's more information here that you have no idea that is happening and why in the public schools. Plus, we're going to talk about Alfred Kinsey. If you don't know who that is, oh my goodness, we've got to talk about a little history and his perverse impact um, on America and, and education. Um, so the objective, this is the objective of comprehensive sex ed for kids is not just talking about the biology of things, but teaching them about sexual activity assuming they're going to be sexually active. So it goes back to the old, well, kids are going to take drugs anyway. Let's give them drugs in the school. No, you don't do that. So, the, But this is what the schools are doing. Um, and it says, there's a quote here in the article, quote, I was trained to teach abstinence. I was trained to teach kids how to have sex and where to get the inevitable abortions. Now, a whistleblower preschool teacher from Texas said this, we were being asked to present material to these young minds that were not even academically related. Of course, all this is not academically related, but somehow, under the guise of what, do they get it into the schools? Mark and Amber Archer, please uh, respond to that. Yeah. Oh, my word, where do you start? Um, well, we can go back well, to before... Kinsey, but it's up to you. Yeah. Well, before we went to break and you were talking about the, the second grade teacher who was fired for exposing what's known as social emotional learning and mm -hmm. what they, the, that's actually Jennifer McWilliams and she is a teacher from here in Indiana and that's exactly what happened to her. She, so and not to get, not to get too far ahead of us, our discussion here, but social emotional learning was best described as the engine that drives the train of comprehensive sex ed. So SEL is more pervasive in the school systems than the graphic comprehensive sex ed. That's not to say that the graphic sex ed isn't growing in strength every every semester, but SEL is, has worked its way into everything, and what it does is it treats every student like a trauma victim, and SEL is what teaches kids not how to think but what to think mm -hmm. and that everything is based on their emotions and so you see this tie-in where if everything is based on your emotions and uh you know and your emotions equal the truth then you're now f into full-blown relativism and this is how we get to the point where now uh under the guise of anti-bullying you can go against the Christian students and parents and say, well, your religion is hateful because it makes our LGBTQIA++ hashtag exclamation point, you know, however many, they, <laughs> the, the alphabet mafia, yep. uh, it makes them feel bad about themselves. Therefore, you're a bully. And so you're hateful and you can't, you can't say those things. And so that's, that's what SEL does. But um, uh, there's... To, to take it back to Kinsey, um, so in the film, probably the first 30 minutes of the film deals with Kinsey because you have to understand where all this came from. Mm -hmm. And the notion of children being sexual from birth 
came from Kinsey. Kinsey was a professor at Indiana University. And oh, by the way, he was also a homosexual, bisexual, a sadomasochist, and he was a pedophile. Yes. And uh, among other things, right? And so in his book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, uh, if, and I would challenge anyone who's listening, if you, if you don't believe me, go, you can go to basically any public library and you can check this book out. They all have a copy of it. And look up table 30, 31, 32, 33, and 34. And look at the data and tell me what you see. Because what you're going to see is they were experimenting on kids as young as two months old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. And what what these data tables contain is proof positive that they were they were molesting children yes and in, and in fact there was another documentary that we reference in our film called secret history kinsey's pedophiles in which they actually interviewed not only ca trip who was kinsey's porn photographer but also wardell pomeroy who co-authored these books with kinsey and was part of this and they admit that they got their data from from pedophiles and in fact, the, the data from Table 34 is from one pedophile in particular, who, by the way, was a federal employee. Uh, and Kinsey drove all the way out to the deserts of Arizona to meet this guy to get his records. This guy had been molesting children for like 30 years and mm-hmm. had kept these meticulous records of it. And that is the data of Table 34. Okay, Mark, this is hard for some people to understand. <laughs> they, they think you're making this up. So yes, I know. How did I know Hollywood did a big blockbuster on Kinsey and completely whitewashed the truth and mm-hmm. and and you sugarcoated him and so why? First of all, how did he get away with this? This was in even a more conservative time in America in the 1940s and 50s, I yeah. believe. How did Kinsey get away with this? I know he. I think he used some prostitutes and you know prison inmates, a, a former prison. How did he get away with this, quote, research, and why is he still respected at maybe the university level at least? Yeah, well, and it's funny that you bring up the Hollywood version of Kinsey, of course. (laughs) How can you you not like, you know, Kinsey when he was portrayed by Liam Neeson? Yep. Yes. Liam Neeson played Aslan, right? (laughs) We believe Liam Neeson. So... (laughs) It's a it's an absolute absolute travesty of a film. Um, I watched it as part of the research, and I just I I was disgusted by it. Mm. Um, so how he got away with this? He was very well funded, um, and funded in particular by the Rockefeller Foundation. And so the Rockefeller Foundation dumped millions of dollars into. Uh, making sure that he was protected and propped up as this pioneering scientist. And if you listen to the interview in the film uh, with Dr. Judith Reisman, mm-hmm. and she is probably was the, the one person who most researched and debunked Alfred Kinsey. She spent over 40 years of her career researching Kinsey and she unraveled all of this and she wrote many books about Kinsey and all the roots of this and it so he was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation in particular uh and and by the way these are the same people who also gave the uh the seed money to Hugh Hefner yep to start Playboy magazine Mm. so that's that's how it's a you know he had he had the financial backing and the protection uh, that they would ward off uh, any kinds of investigations of him, and he was also protected by uh, Indiana University. Yes. And so, uh, and in fact, the, there's an interesting tie-in between Hugh Hefner and Alfred Kinsey. Hugh Hefner, when he read uh, Kinsey's first book, *Sexual Behavior in the Human Male*. He declared to the world, I will be Alfred Kinsey's pamphleteer and basically became a Kinsey disciple and, and the rest is history. And then he got his, his uh, funding from 
the Rockefellers. Wow. So, and he also, Amber, I'm going to let you respond. He also got, from what I understand, funding from Indiana University. I'll let you talk about that because you're in Indiana. Um, but I want you to respond to a quote from uh, Dr. Judith uh, Reisman. I quoted her in a, a chapter I wrote in one of my books called, uh, well, the chapter, Alfred Kinsey and, and Sexual Anarchy. And Dr. Judith Reisman, in 1990, she wrote a book called Kinsey, Sex, and Fraud the indoctrination of a people. And she said this, because of his fraudulent research, Kinsey's brand of social science has led to one of the greatest hypocrisies of all time. The pretense of providing safe sex instructions to children while in reality advancing Kinsey's agenda, including indulgence in high-risk lifestyles and behaviors. She wrote that in 1990. Amber Archer, your response. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Judith was such a wealth of knowledge. We went and interviewed her at Liberty University before her passing. Mm, And um, she, you know, so much information that she gave us. But Liberty, or I'm sorry, Indiana University is still alive and well with the Kinsey Institute in it. And they, in fact, still do quote unquote sexual research through, you know, technology, through an app. So you actually now, uh, people all over the world uh, can um, put in their own data for this research. And so it just, it totally opens the door for rape and incest and it, it just horrific crimes against children because they, it's all anonymous. Wow. <laughs> so, and so you don't have to report who you are. You can just add to their research. So, yeah, the Indiana University is alive and well with Kinsey Institute today. So one of Kinsey's goals that this is, people are going, well, why, why, why? One of his goals was to prove that human beings are kind of animalistic, just sexual beings. That was one of the drives here. And, of course, we've talked about the movement to uh, hypersexualize America and just 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 uh, this is a battle against the, the, the biblical worldview between the biblical worldview and the antichrist, the anti-Christian worldview, and unbiblical morality. And we've talked about Margaret Sanger a lot on this show and how she promoted quote birth control and her racist background, her eugenics background, but um, how she actually got this idea that uh, you know having experimenting sexually is 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 fine, right? Sexual freedom, and so that's what we have today in our schools. And we talked about this history from the 1920s, 30s with Sanger we just, and John Dewey in the 30s. We just talked with Mark and Amber Archer about Alfred Kinsey in the 40s and 50s and his radical, uh, just sexual, quote, research that's been, I don't know, people still look at that as like something that, that's, that's uh, legitimate, but this is where our culture has been conditioned. So, guys, bring us up to today and whatever, you know, road you want to take to get us to the year 2022 and what's in our schools now with the help of the LGBTQ plus agenda. Yeah. So when you say um, the, the sexualization of children, you know, Kinsey was advocating that children are sexual from birth, that children can consent to and have sex from birth. And so that's this whole notion with comprehensive sex ed. And there's this organization, the Advocates for Youth, who have drawn up their big, their big plans for America. It's the National Sex Ed Standards. Hmm. And you can go and look it up today and see, you know, all of their, the, the, the sexual deviancy that they're trying to put in into the classrooms of all ages. And I actually sat in, they did a Zoom meeting during the COVID and I sat in on one of their one of their their national meetings. And it was interesting within the first few minutes, this woman comes on who's leading this discussion and she said, we have to get to the children earlier and earlier. You know, they're trying to get down to the preschool age. And her reasoning, she said, was because we have to get to them sooner before their belief, so that their beliefs can become uh, mutable. And so we have to mute their religion and what they believe Mm -hmm. in earlier and earlier ages uh, to to follow this indoctrination. Well, that's why you said earlier and earlier ages. You know, in the schools, GLSEN, 
I think it stands for Gay, mm-hmm. Lesbian, Straight Education Network, describes itself as championing, championing LGBT issues in K through 12 education since 1990. Yep. So, friends listening right now, I know Mark and Amber get it. Did you catch that? K through 12, younger and younger and younger students. Let's call them what they are, children, are targets. Why? Because they are easier to manipulate. Mark? Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I think when we started researching this, the thing that was the most shocking, when we started this, we were just like every other parent. We, We knew that it was bad, but we really had no idea how bad. And when you, when we started looking at it, and people like Judith Reisman, I read 300-plus pages of Judith's uh, papers about this, and I said I, st- I still couldn't quite grasp it. So I said, I need to go to the library and see this. I need, <laughs> I need to put hands-on, eyes-on. I need to see this for myself. So we started ordering these books and going to the library and, and checking them out. And it's not until you really sit down and look at it for yourself and when you watch the film, we were very careful to cite all of our sources. So as you watch the film, the bottom right-hand corner tells you exactly where these things are from. That's and, excellent. And these are not these things are not hidden. Right. Most of the video snippets that we put in the film are from YouTube. They're proud of this stuff. They mm-hmm. put it out there for your children to access. Mm-hmm. Right. The, they don't need you anymore. They can go right around you straight on YouTube. That's right. And and the books are available in the library, in the school library, the public library. You can buy them on Amazon. They're they're everywhere. In fact, there's a there's a scene in the film where towards the end where we have a, one of the librarians who's come out to to testify against repealing the obscenity exemptions in indiana and as he's talking about how we don't need this because we've got we've already got all these procedures in place and kids are perfectly fine in our libraries and we went into his library into his library's kids section and found sitting on an end cap display proudly displayed a book called it's perfectly normal oh and you can go there's another one if you want to you know just blow your mind mom and dad go and check out it's perfectly normal that's also in every public library kids and, section kids and, section and what and is, it's for what is the subject of it's perfectly normal oh it's perfectly normal is all about normalizing um, normalizing the, the homosexual family yeah, yeah and... everything sexual it is so graphic mm. and this is this is this book's been out for over 20 years yeah and this is geared for ages 10 and up and I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 48, and I remember when when I was growing up that the few times that I, you know, snuck a peek, if you will, at at a dirty magazine, right? Playboys, penthouses, things like that, that, that one of the neighbor kids had. And they had these, you know, naked cartoons in them, right? Mm-hmm. And... It's that kind of stuff that when when I was growing up, this was the kind of stuff that was only in the hardcore porn magazines for adults. Yeah. Now it's a kids book. Right. It right. is. It is so graphic. It teaches kids uh, everything, I'm, and I do mean everything, explicit and sexual. It, and there's there's pictures of how to have sex, how to put on condoms, all of it. And masturbation and right is normal. Sexual experimentation yep. is encouraged. We are speaking with Mark and Amber Archer. We've got to take another break already, but their website is fearlessfeatures.org. We're talking about the new documentary called The Mind Polluters. They do film showings. Uh, I want to get some parents' response and churches' response when we come back. I'm going to ask them about some of the recent response they've had as they've shown the film. And we're going to talk about the bottom line, the worldview war. It is demonic friends. A lot more with Mark and Amber Archer next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. The project is called The Mind Polluters, and it is available on Vimeo. Guys, Mark and Amber Archer of Fearless Features 
our guests today. How can people watch it or maybe bring it to their church or uh, community? Yeah, you can visit our website, um, fearlessfeatures.org, and just go to films and click on the Mind Polluters, and it'll take you to where you can stream it online from Vimeo. And send us a message if you're interested in hosting the film in your community. We're not asking for a license fee. We're not asking for ticket sales. The only thing that we ask people is that they take up a love offering to help support our filmmaking ministry. We are just missionaries in our field. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, it's, there's some good work being done by Christians and conservatives in uh, productions in the, the movie and documentary industry. So thank you. But the bottom line in this uh, discussion today, one of the bottom lines, I guess, is ultimately this is a worldview war. But parents, especially Christian parents, this is a call to action, not only to be awakened, but it should be a warning uh, to the church that, that schools are teaching children that their family, their, whatever they learned about God and religion, their Christian values are old-fashioned, out-of-date, and they are intentionally grooming and, I, and that word has become more and more popular today, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're grooming children, first of all, to be uh, wards of the, the secular worldview, but it's they want to have the kids be at odds with Christianity, God, their parents, and authority. But, guys, what has been uh, some of the response of parents or uh, church members? Let's even talk about pastors as you've gone, gone from state to state and shown the mind polluters. Well, it's been really encouraging, actually. Uh, we've had some some resistance from a few pastors who have agreed to show the film, and then they have to, you know, cancel because of the opposition calling and harassing them. But you wait, know, a minute, wait a minute, spoke... wait a minute, Amber. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where does the opposition <laughs> yep. come from? Is it, are these Christians or are these people in the community? Um, it's both. Uh, they're they're because it deals with the public school teachers before they even see the film. Teachers especially are extremely offended, and so those in the congregation ha- have really uh, lashed out at their their pastors, saying they shouldn't be showing this, and it's it's not happening, it's not real. So there is there is uh, you know resistance even within the church, but a big part of it comes from you know the left and the LGBT. LGBT agenda and and people. So, um, but other than that, it's been phenomenal. People are encouraged. They're excited. We get e- tons of emails every week of people sending us messages and just thanking us for putting the film together and really opening their eyes and exposing what's happening mm. to children within the school systems. Mark, what would you like to add? I was just thinking that you know what's funny to me is that the resistance always comes from everyone who hasn't watched the film. <laughs> exactly, that's true. That's, true. that's really true. <laughs> <laughs> they none of none of them have ever actually watched the film, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you to almost to a person, the teachers who actually come and watch the film. Now there there have been some screenings that we've been to, and I know that there are, there are others where teachers from within the public school system will come and watch the film and they just they just get up and walk out right because they just they're so they're so in entrenched in the system they don't want to hear it but there are a surprising number of teachers from within the public school system who come to the screenings and we were at one in particular up in Michigan and we if if it's a screening that we can attend we don't we don't get to attend very many obviously but whenever we can we do and we were there and we tried to do a Q&A after every screening if we're there and this man stood up and he said uh, I'm a teacher in the public school system here and there's that moment where you go okay here you go here we go <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're going to lash out <laughs> right get ready yeah and he said and he and he looked at everybody in the audience he said and i just want to tell you absolutely everything in this film is true hmm. and and we hear that over and over again um and so the the ones that are that are um Still you know, in disbelief. Yeah, making it well. The 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 ones that are making all the you know get, blowing all the flack about screenings and there's yeah you get a lot of you know kind of veiled threats from all the keyboard commandos, <laughs> but the ones that actually show up 
you know, the ones that, that make all the threats never show up, and the ones that do kind of become the converts, you know, mm-hmm. and say, oh, my word, you know, everything that they're saying is right. Because like when when we did our first film, uh, Inwood Drive, about the, the abortion doctor here that got shut down, and he was the one that died, and they found over 2,000 fetal remains in his garage. Yeah. And... When we told people that we were going to interview him, and we actually interviewed him for the film and let him speak for himself, and and people that were supporting us said, why are you even letting that man speak? And we said, no, 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 no. Trust us. The more you let this man speak, the worse it's going to get. <laughs> and and that's exactly what it was. He he probably has more, more dialogue in that film than anybody else. Mm. And the more he talks, the worse it gets. And when we did the mind polluters, this isn't just a bunch of people's opinions about it. We show these, we show parents, we show grandparents. This is what it is, and it's it's taken straight out of the textbooks. It's straight out of these materials that are available online, and that's why we cite everything. So it's funny that they that they get triggered, if you will, just from the trailer. Well, you can't show this film, okay? So. Uh, is this really the kind of mindset of the person that you want teaching your children to be open-minded? Mm. There's nothing open-minded here. You saw a trailer and you say, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, they don't want the truth, right? And, and those that yeah. don't, don't see the film or don't even know what it's about, they don't like the title, they know what it addresses, there's this blind allegiance by the union enforced that's the the nea mafia the union enforced Mm -hmm. public school system and teachers that are um many of them they're just doing what they're told um if there are some conservative teachers and if there are a handful of christian which there are we have some insiders some teachers in this area but but their hands are tied and, and we know what they have to deal with and they ask us they often ask us for advice but this is in the school system by design and i think that's one of one of the other points you guys make in the mind polluters briefly guys briefly i just want to talk about kevin jennings who was appointed by the obama administration in 2009 and he's the founder of glsen glisten the gay lesbian straight education network when he was first put into power uh, under the you know the democrats and the federal government i think there was only maybe a couple hundred schools that had this the GLSEN programs. When he left, there were thousands, from what I remember. But he said this, and this is a guy appointed to be the education or safe school czar. That's what it was. Quote, safe school czar. (laughs) And and he's a a flaming homosexual. He said this, 20% of the people are anti-homosexual bigots. We need to ignore the hardcore bigots, get more of the fair-minded people to speak up, and we'll pull that 60% of people in the middle over to the other side. We've got to quit being afraid of the religious right. I'm trying to find a way to say this. And then he said, F them, which is what I want to say because I don't care what they think. And then the audience laughs. Drop dead. So I can see why Obama liked him. Uh, Kevin wrote the foreword of the book called Queering Elementary Education. And that's one of six books Kevin Jennings wrote to promote homosexuality. And another one was called Becoming Visible. Now, he got into the public schools. He was appointed by a president of the United States to uh, just just give marching orders to the NEA. And finally, uh, he was awarded I'm sorry, $410 million to promote the LGBTQ agenda in the public schools. That was 2011. But when people found out what the content was, what he was pushing, he had to resign from the Obama administration. And according to the Washington Times, um, the left was terrified because some of the stuff actually was getting out there of what he was pushing. And this is what you guys are exposing, what is being in the schools, what has been in the schools for decades now. We've got to address this. But Mark and Amber Archer, what advice, what can you say to parents, Christian parents right now, who are just now hearing some of this for the first time, including the the welcoming rainbow flag and, you know, the posters in public school classrooms, we've seen it in the hallways. People send us pictures. It's everywhere, and it's it's almost like a given. So what advice can you tell people who are just, I mean, their their eyes are like, you know, you know bugged out of their heads because they can 
hardly believe some of this. Well, I think first start with your own family and because, you know, if, if you can protect your family and uh, your community, you know, there there is real power in being um, united locally. And, and and that takes it takes a lot of courage. Um, but audit your children's school library and look for. The, the dirty books that are in there go through your children's curriculum, you know, and, and if you have to homeschool your kids, it's a sacrifice, but people everywhere are doing it. I, you know, I just read an article, one in five families now in the United States uh, from the U S census actually are homeschooling one in five. Mm. So it's not going to slow down and it's, it's only gaining momentum thankfully so that, so that children are protected. So Mark, my, yeah, my, my, my burden in this, you know, when we started just the researching, the question that I kept asking is, where are the men? I don't see any men in this. I mean, there there are men in this battle space, but it's predominantly women. Mm. Dr. Judith Reisman and, and uh, you know, Monica Klein, and uh, you see a lot of them in the film. Well, even now, all these new organizations, Moms for Liberty, right. Mama Bear Coalition, right. Rising it's, Up. And it's, 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 predominantly, it's predominantly led by women, and I say... You know what? That's a wonderful thing, but men pay attention. Mm. Men have to step up. It's time for men to stop ignoring this and stop pretending. Don't even sit there and tell me that you're some kind of tough guy warrior when you won't even protect the babies. Thank you, you won't protect your own children. It's time for men to be men. And I'll tell you why they're not being men. It's because they're compromised. Mm. And I know they're compromised because I was compromised before we started this ministry. And, and, you know, back in my 20s and early 30s, I was a compromised man, and I, w- I, I enjoyed the porn, right? That's, so I know what it looks like. Listen, mm-hmm. I was one of those guys that hung out in the sleazy strip clubs, okay? I understand. So I look at men, and I say, you're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling me. I know why you don't want to talk about it, because you like it, mm-hmm. because you're addicted to it. So you need to uncompromise yourself, and that means you need to come to the cross and repent, and repentance means you acknowledge it and you turn from it and you go a different direction. And there's too many of our men that are compromised and they won't get out of the addiction. Mm. So until the men take a stand and stand up and act like real warriors, act like real men, it's not going to change. The women can't fight this battle alone. Amen. Guys, that was brilliant. Uh, nice way to end the podcast because it's very important that the men engage. Guys, you are not too busy. Because um, that's one of the things, one of my pet peeves, and I know it must be yours too, is to hear, hey, this is not happening in my kid's school. So what they're saying is they don't care of this perversion and demonic activity in the schools around the country, as long as it's not in their kid's school. Anyway, God bless you guys, Mark and Amber Archer, the project Mind, the Mind Polluters. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you thank for, you having, for us. having us. You're very welcome. Um, again, the website, fearlessfeatures.org. Tomorrow, we've got Billy Crone talking about the COVID deception. Thursday, Pastor James Coates, a book he's got out called God vs. Government. He was arrested in Canada. Why? For holding his church open, keeping it open uh, during COVID. He rested a couple times, if what I remember, and he was in jail. And then on Friday, we've got Pastor Chris Quintana. Uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening again. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.